When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. bit cold and damp a lot of eggs in it it's quite clammy <laughs> and, and it's such a shame because i think there's a really great supporting cast as well the argument of it being boring i just don't see it i see it as this really lovely slow burner of mary finally you know coming out of her shell and also the names of our places are horrible lime regis lime regis sounds like a disease yeah that doesn't do, <laughs> that doesn't do justice <laughs> like, at all. like reading a synopsis and it's like you know this beautiful passionate same-sex affair begins in the coastal town of lime regis it's like oh did they die from it <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Flipswatch Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jasmine. Hey. Paul. Hello. And Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Ammonite. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to FlixWatcher Podcast. Joining us today, we have Jasmine and Paul. Over to you, please, Paul, to say hello and tell listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Hello, I'm Paul. Um, I'm a film critic and journalist. Uh, I write for a site called No Majesty. I write for Film Hounds. I defend terrible films. Why? Because they need just defending. Just <laughs> no, because I have a te- I have terrible taste and and I uh, get I have to defend terrible films like Wonder Woman '84 because it's great and everyone oh, else. Oh, I mean, no. Do you know what? I'm not having this argument. I mean, it's great. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this, I, I can understand films. Like small films that you think, okay, they're not the best, but let's... Hashtag justice for Wonder Woman. <laughs> it... Wonder Woman's fine. 1984 is, is an abomination. Oh, it's great. It's beautiful. <laughs> Made me cry. <laughs> with, with what? Not to, not to undermine my, uh, my status as a critic. I also like Prometheus, Scooby-Doo and Coyote Ugly. So there oh. we go. <laughs> no, they're all great. Do you know what? This is going to be oh, a long episode if we're all going to be... Well, we're not. I mean, we're, hopefully, hopefully, we're going to be talking about a good film that everyone agrees on, and that's you know, that's hopefully Jasmine's choice. But I mean, Coyote Ugly, people seem to enjoy that. Yeah, it's great. I know. But the other ones you mentioned, Scooby-Doo people seem not to enjoy them. Scooby Doo's <laughs> a beautiful film. 
Prometheus is a beautiful film. Anyway, that's what I do. <laughs> What's ever happened to Matthew Lillard? That's what, that's what I want to know. Um, Jasmine, who are you? Hello, I'm Jasmine. I'm the deputy editor of Film Hounds magazine. So basically you could say that I'm Paul's boss. Um, I could. freelance for... <laughs> you, I'm going to say it. Um, I freelance for Yahoo, Radio Times, Metro, Curzon, just any old place that will have me. And then occasionally I get to do lovely things like this and talk about films, which is very exciting. Well, glad to have you. So, Jasmine, you chose Ammonite. First of all, can you tell us why you chose it? And then I get a countdown timer. Oh, my God, right. And then you have 60 seconds or less or fewer, if you want to be uh, grammatically correct, to uh, tell us the synopsis. So first of all, why did you choose Ammonite? Okay, so not only is this one of my favourite films ever, I am of the minority opinion that this is one of the best queer women films ever. So um, not a lot of people agree with me, but it's about a paleontologist called Mary who swans up and down the coast looking for fossils. And then one day, a very sweet looking Ronan um what's this into her life and oh there's like a little freeze on there but no they mustn't but yes they must and their eyes meet across a a a music concert and basically it's all about them falling in love with each other but not supposedly falling in love with each other on the lime regis coast it's that simple it is it's a simple storyline um one thing i i want to know about well your description there you said she swans around uh looking for (laughs) It didn't look like swanning to me. It looked like pretty hard, horrible work. Um, it looked like stomping. <laughs> it's, look Kate like stomping. Wins- it's Kate Winslet. She swans her way through every single role she does with aplomb. Just with a few more fucks in this one. <laughs> exactly. Swears her way that through hence it. swanning. Was that Helen, sorry? She says fuck quite a lot in it. If, you're, if that's what you're after, she's swanning and fucking around. <laughs> and what more could you ask for, really? The fact that you didn't describe the synopsis as... Kate Winslet gets her rocks off is very upsetting to me. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. That was a simple one. You you missed that one. Get out. No, I mean, I, I one thing I was um, the reason I thought I, I picked up on the swanning is because I just thought, wow, this does this looks like real and visceral, and she's climbing up the side of this horrible like clay semi cliff thing, and it looks a bit gross, and I don't want to go hunting for fossils. Um, Although, you know, if I went to Lime Regis Coast, I'll pick a few pebbles, I'm sure, and see if there's any in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought I want, that's one thing that I, I, you know, really took away and enjoyed about it was it seemed like it was a real hard worky thing that went on. Um, so, yeah, swanning didn't describe it for me, but I loved, the, I loved your turn of phrase there. Um, what, what were your thoughts, Paul, apart from the swanning? Um, <laughs> for the, um, just that Kate Winslet perpetually looks fed up. And to be fair, if my life was going to a fairly horrible looking beach hence, to pick up hence rocks. Hence not swanning. Yeah. To pick up rocks, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, there's got to be more to life than trudging around a horrible looking British beach. Our beaches are hideous looking. And and film has are done they? nothing. That, c- compared to like other countries, like if you see France's beaches look lovely in films and American beaches. Yeah, but beaches we're not are, at like Bognor Regis. We're not like at Butlins here. Also, that's quite a nice. Uh, it's all, and also the names of our places are horrible. Lime Regis. Lime Regis sounds like a disease. Yeah, that doesn't do. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't do justice like, at all. Like reading a synopsis and it's like you know this beautiful, passionate, same-sex 
affair begins in the coastal town of Lyme Regis, it's like, oh, did they die from it? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, poor Kate Winslet has Lyme Regis. Oh, God, no. Yeah, that's it. I heard it's, heard it's fatal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Now Saoirse's going to get it as well. Ugh, gross. When Saoirse was told to go swimming to get, you know, to recuperate herself, whatever terminology they used, and they put that in that contraption so she gets the water, I thought, what, what the hell is going on? And that water looked the worst the worst water I've ever been in. And she got sick from it. I was like, well, you know, it is a disease, like you say, but it's a disease, Lyme Regis. That's where you get consumption or fever, whatever she it's, she was smitten with. The only beach in England that's nice is like Cornwall, where they have massive mm-hmm. like surfing waves and like sandy beaches. I went to um, Margate Beach and apart from the people, it was really nice. Yeah, you had the, you had the really white, white cliffs uh, there. Yeah, so there's some around there. I was quite surprised. Um, Helen, what, what are your thoughts on beaches and <laughs> K-1s at Swanning? Uh, I mean, I do, I do like beaches. I probably wouldn't go swimming in them in the UK at the moment or in the like 1840s. Um, it gives me no pleasure in saying that I didn't enjoy this as much as I thought I would do. I've seen it before and it was really highly anticipated because I loved God's own country and... The thought of Kate and Saoirse together just sounded really great and had a load of promise, but I just found it a little bit cold and damp. There's a lot of eggs in it. It's quite clammy. And and it's such a shame because I think there's a really great supporting cast as well. Um, But yeah, maybe it's just like a little, there's a little bit too much misery. It's quite miserable. (laughs) Like it's pretty dark and... I would not want to be a woman in the, these times because it it doesn't look great, to be honest. Anyone in these times? Well, the guys <laughs> seem to like have it fine. Like you can't even go around like collecting your fossils and pulling out huge dinosaur skeletons and even like be a member of the club because she wasn't even like allowed in the the geological society because she was a woman and possibly had like some of her work overshadowed by men. So um, mm. you can't even do that in peace without men ruining it <laughs> I, can, I, I can see I, I think the, the comparison to God's own country is obviously the LGBT comparison also the fact it's in a not too um, typically picturesque area of the UK so I can I can kind of see that I've not seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which That's is something I really want That's the one to. you've got to compare it to. Yeah. And I've got the, well, as I said, I'm in the minority. I think it's so much better than Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Ooh. I was wow. not a fan of it when I first saw it, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, not Ammonite. Maybe I just love misery. Maybe that's <laughs> what it is. And that's why I'm drawn to this one more. Because the argument of them having no chemistry, it being cold, it being boring... It's made all the time and I just don't see it. I see it as this really lovely slow burner of Mary finally, you know, coming out of her shell. Although they've ruined it a little with the ending. But I, I yeah, that's a point for another discussion. Well, the Kate being a kept woman. It's that classic tropey thing, right? Of two women can't be together because society or a singular man says so. Like this is what Hollywood or the BBC or whoever they love to do. And the only way of two women meeting up and their eyes are across the room and it's will they get back together or won't they and then they never tell you the only film that has ever done that well is carol this did this tried to do the same thing as carol and flopped big time so that's the only thing for me that lets it down 
I was thinking about Carol as well. I've not another film I've not seen. Uh, and we've had um, Blue is the Warmest Colour on here, which is not widely celebrated as a realistic uh, depiction of <laughs> of a queer relationship. And we, we, we've talked a few times on here and that it seems that uh, LGBTQ relationships tend to have more serious romance, um, romance options, romantic options in film, whereas the straight relationships tend to be more romantic comedies, it seems. And I, I feel, apart from... What was it uh, before the the before trilogy? We thought Helen was the ones where we thought there's you know a depiction of people falling in love without the kind of like meet cute kind of thing. Although there was yeah. obviously quite a nice meet cute in the first uh, before trilogy. It's because queer people have no sense of humour, therefore it's all very serious. Is that right? Yeah, we're a very serious bunch. <laughs> <laughs> you say that though bros has just come out i saw bros last night which is essentially a queer rom-com which that is, is genuinely who, funny who's the who's the main guy in that um, um what's his name billy eichner yeah billy eichner yeah yeah yeah. he's he's a lot and that's sort of the point but it is very very funny when he comes into into um parts and rec is some of the funny scenes with <laughs> with, with him in it um, I think he's a legend. Let's uh, go, lesbians. Let's go. Is that from Parks and Rec? No, it's from Billy on the Street. He's just running around going, get, <laughs> right. let's go, lesbians. And that's, whenever I see him, that's all I can think of. <laughs> yeah. I, queer cinema is just, you know, people can't be happy. Okay? If you if you like people of the same mm. sex, then uh, it's tragedy for you, Forget my friend. Forget your happy ending. Yeah. yeah. Although I'll be really controversial if we're talking <gasps> um, same-sex you know, olden days, <laughs> I think Benedetta's the best. No, Paul's brought Paul has brought that up for a reason, right? Is that a nun, nun action? The night I first met Paul, he had this whole discussion with me about how Benedetta was brilliant and I hated it. She and that's how we became a friends. Out of wood and there's no jagged edges. It's smooth. It's a miracle. It takes some skill. Yeah, it's a miracle. It takes some skill. It's like it's like gay sister act. <laughs> Not nasty film. It's, oh, no, Jesus kills a man with a sword. It's brilliant. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's so good. No, uh, I, I I do find even even as a member of the Rainbow Squad, I do find watching films about non-straight people so draining. <laughs> It's so draining. Why? Yeah. Why is? Why is this? Why have? Because obviously, Francis Lee is gay himself, but he's decided to put two rather miserable, cold <laughs> relationships that, no spoilers, possibly don't end in particularly happy ways, or maybe the other one does. I'm not really sure. So, what is the obsession with gay misery? I don't know. For the women, it's. One of them dies. They can't be together because a man has said so. There's an age gap and it's always set way back when. It's never now. Like even Carol, mm. every every lesbian I know, myself included, loves Carol. Like I know girls that have got tattoos of of Kate Blanchett on them. But yeah, it's wow. still a period drama. So And a Christmas film. And a Christmas watch it, film. Watch it every Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're looking, Helen and I are looking for a, a couple of Christmas films as bonus episodes for this this year. So maybe if someone picks Carol. To be Carol, fair, I would pick Carol. Carol. Batman Returns. Two Bears and One Stone. 
<laughs> never been on Netflix though. They need to up their Christmas film games because they're they have rubbish this Christmas is selection. True, yeah. Oh, what? are you? Te- you're telling me that you don't like the hot, steamy passion of a Christmas prince? <laughs> I mean, is it a film or is this a suggestion? <laughs> just, just a, just a random guy. Just a random, just a random prince. Just prince, the actual prince at Christmas. I've been watching House of the Dragon and there's too many princes who are like, yeah, and now I don't, I don't want to deal with princes anymore. Um, I'm a Republican. I, mean, let's talk about I, don't, I never want to deal with royals. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Kate Winslet and Saoirse because, I mean, we, we, I mean, was this relationship believable? I think this is the first thing to, to question. Well, let's put it this way. You can tell that those sex scenes are choreographed by two women. They did it all themselves, and I think right. it really shows the fact that the clothes were left on, the fact that, yeah. Paul's fanning himself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this, but in fairness, this wasn't done with the pools of the world in mind, so mm. I'd say yes. I was thinking about I was thinking about the build-up to the sex scenes, because there was the... Serge's character was ill and and Kate nursed her back to death. Back to death. Back to death. Back from death <laughs> that, to health. That would have been even better. <laughs> oh my God, she's an angel of death. She's a serial killer as, <laughs> as well as a sad lesbian. Oh no. And then um and then they and then they fall in love and I was like, did I did I miss a key a key bit here? That's that's sometimes I just feel it needs to be a bit more of a link between the uh, initial kind of meat section and the. Well, they shared the bed, didn't they? That that was the. That's so two girls, though, go from nothing, 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 you haul living together. Like that, in the blink of an eye. So, yeah, I think they've done a great job. I thought there was a bit of a, a lack of chemistry considering they're two of our greatest living actresses. And they are, they're both amazing. Would you say that's down to the age gap? The age gap, ooh, problematic. <laughs> Well, we had a couple of age gaps, didn't we? Because there seemed to be a backstory between Fiona Shaw's character and Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I thought that was quite interesting to build that back up. Um, and you did mention the age gap before, Jasmine. So explain why that's a a, a point to comment on. Um, typically, if you see two women getting it on or whatever, falling in love on telly, there's like a 20-year age gap. They're never both in their 20s or both in their 40s, Yeah, uh, which is even like... 20 years ago when Tipping the Velvet was on telly, there's like 25 years between them. And it's getting to the point now where every time a new film is announced, it's like, oh, my, okay, yeah, it's uh, somebody in their 40s or somebody in their 20s again. So, yeah, I feel I feel like the community is tired of it. But again, I'd say if, you're, if Hollywood insists on going down this road, this is how you do it. I think they can mix up, can't they? I'd offer a- offer up disobedience is they they're, they're more closely aged in that i'm not sure i, I think remember. there's still like 10 years there, there is between the actresses but the, in the in disobedience they're meant to have grown up together they're meant to be the same age uh, disobedience is really good you should watch it it is very good yeah clearly i've just picked the, i've just picked the wrong one but again let's blame netflix because <laughs> it's not on there it has two rachels in it two rachels oh, is, Ra- oh, is, that, is that the rachel rice one yeah okay yeah i was trying to think with rachel yeah. mcadams rachel and rachel the Rachel Weiss one? What kind of terminology phrase is that? <laughs> um, guys, anything else you want to say before we head to the scores? Don't listen to anyone else's. It's a great film and you should watch it. And <laughs> you might enjoy Misery. <laughs> Stick with me, kids. This is good. I promise. <laughs> 
I've never had a we've never had a plea bargain before we had to disclose it, have we? Well, first time for everything. <laughs> All right. Well, let's head to the scores. Hello, I'm Hannah Flint from The First Film Club, a film podcast series dedicated to established and emerging talent, both in front of and behind the camera, and the feature debuts that launched their careers. From the new drama Mass to the cult classic Heathers, Each episode is dedicated to a film, a guest, and the the behind-the-scenes stories, memories, and advice from their time on set. Find us, The First Film Club, wherever you listen to your stripped media podcasts. Come join the club. Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. They are always out of five. You can have decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, please, Jasmine, with your recommendability. Less, I'm going to say 4.5 for recommendability. That's a word, yeah. Paul, Paul has just shot me like the ugliest. <laughs> because, because, right, if you're going to make yourself sit through a sad period drama about two women, sit through this one. Don't sit through another one where there's like a lot of more to it and fro in. Like you've got the greatness of the British beach. You've got misery. Like who doesn't love that misery? Misery loves company. That's the, that's the phrase, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Apparently. Um, Paul, recommendability. I'm going to uh, say, I'm, I'm scared Jasmine's going to come for me. I'm going to say three because it was fine. Like it was, it did look it, like it was like it's a beautiful film and two of our greatest living actresses, but I don't know. I don't like it <laughs> that much. <laughs> I, you know, I um, also, maybe I was just put off because I remember someone on Twitter making a joke about it and the director did not find it funny. And I was a bit like, oh, get a sense of humour, Francis. <laughs> um, Helen? I really wish that I'd liked it more than I did because... I don't think there are enough lesbian love stories and there definitely aren't kind of like enough lesbian love stories that have like a happy ending or it can be an enjoyable relationship. But unfortunately, in a world where there's disobedience and portrait of a lady on fire, it it just isn't quite up there for me. So I would recommend those two before I recommend this. But if you haven't seen it and you're, you're your interest has been sort of stirred with our with our banter then definitely do check it out um because why not so uh i'm gonna give it i'm gonna be generous because jasmine's kind of like talked me up to it and i'm gonna mark it up to a four it's a plea bargain yes Ah, that's what that's for i've emotionally manipulated everyone great what was the score helen sorry four four yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give it four as well i mean i I, I enjoyed it. I haven't seen uh, Portraits, which is high on my list of, of things. That I've, it's come to it's come to Netflix quite recently as we record this, so I will get it down. I know it's been on Mubi, and I've got Mubi. It's just you know it's another platform I have to think about, so I never get <laughs> quite round to um, to open up cranking up Mubi. Kate wins. It's always fantastic to watch, and like I say, just just to pick up on the swelling point, I really liked the way she you know really got in there with the clay and. Looked like she was working hard on, on Lime Regis Beach, which looked like the worst beach in in all of Britain. It just didn't look like like Paul said. It just did not. It just not look inviting at all. There are better beaches to, to set a love story on in the UK. <laughs> and of you know, there's not fossils in any of those places, but you know, there'll be there'll be other things. There'll be seashells. There'll be fish and chips that I can talk about. 
Jasmine, repeat the score. Oh my God, five. My score has to be, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen this film. Already? Already. Less than two years it's yeah. been, hasn't it? This is, we're talking like at every other month at least. So <laughs> this, this is like just, yeah, this is a regular Wednesday evening for me. Uh, Paul? Uh, two. I... If it speaks, because I think if it speaks to you, you know, like it does to Jasmine, you'll return to it. But for someone like me, I was like, yeah, that was that was a film. That was something I watched. I've only seen it twice. I saw it when it was the film at the London Film Festival in 2020. And I rewatched it for this. And I remember going, yeah, I like this. <laughs> Helen. Yeah, so I saw it probably about a year ago. And I was like, mm. Should I watch it again for this? Like, oh, it's like an hour and 58 minutes. So I have, but I've kind of like had it on a little bit in the background and watched it in various stints. So um, probably not going to watch it again. Uh, I'll give it three. I'm going to give it 2.1. I think the, I'm, I'm interested to see what the director, Francis, Francis Lee, isn't it, is going to do again. Um, not to be confused with Lee Francis, um, who is... That would have been a, such be a good Avid, movie. Avid, Avid Merian. Avid Merian. Keith Lemon oh. showing up would have been a great... <laughs> as as the sole man keeping them apart, that would have been great. Just with a, like a ridiculous made-up accent. Hiya! <laughs> Hi, guys! Is that, is that Ammonite? Or I don't know what accent I'm putting here. Uh, 2.1. <laughs> yeah, frankly, we, we had we had God's Own Country uh, in the in the pod booth before, so do listen for that episode. I think that I think that's scored higher than this is going to get. Yeah, I've <laughs> got the score. I'll re- reveal at the end and we can see how they compare. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll check the scores at the end. Um, but I'm interested to see what else he, he does going forward. Um, why not? Small screen score. Jasmine. Three and a half, three and a half. So I've only seen this on various small screens. I've never seen it. Oh my God, could you, if I'm this bad and I've seen it on like a telly, can you imagine how bad I'd be in the cinema? Lose my mind. Um, Obviously we've been talking about the beautiful, non-beautiful beaches and you're right, the rugged sense of Kate Winslet mercilessly scrambling up rocks does hold small screen beauty i think it does translate so um yeah sort of in the middle there uh paul yeah uh i'd say like three it feels like this this doesn't work this analogy doesn't work anymore but it feels like a television drama which makes no sense because television dramas nowadays look like movies but yeah it look it looks like you know Something that would be well, on ITV it looks like on, an, a, on a Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say an ITV. Yeah. <laughs> a Sunday. An ITV they're not, they're, yeah, I, yeah, they're not making Downton Abbey anymore, but it's from the producers of Downton Abbey. Is actually or you just... no, no, but that's what it looks like. It looks like a oh, that, that's, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it. It's the sort of thing that my mum would watch and enjoy, and I don't tend to enjoy those things. <laughs> Every time someone tells me like a good storyline TV show, and they're like, "Oh, that sounds good." What channel's on ITV? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that. Where, where drama goes to die. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, ITV. It's just not. I watched the, the last thing I watched there was, um, you know, the, the I can't remember what it was called, but it was about the major who got caught first cheating on who wants to be a millionaire. Quiz. Um, that was pretty good. Quiz. Was, was that what it was called? Yeah. And um, with Matthew McFadden, who I love, and um, 
the lady who played act who played um, Fleabag's sister, who's been great in re- stuff recently. And I just, I was just like, oh, it's, it's not, it's not. If it was on Netflix or BBC or even Channel Four, it just be, it would be better. Um, they made Chris Tarrant seem too nice. I met Chris Tarrant, and he is horrible. Michael Sheen, Michael Sheen is always going to be amazing, uh, and he was great in it. But it was still the overall, you know, caked, thing caked was in orange paint every day. <laughs> Um, sorry, Helen, small screen score. Um, so I don't think I had the option to see this at the cinema because I think possibly maybe they were still closed. I can't really remember. Maybe I would have gone to see it possibly, but I've only ever seen it on a TV. So uh, I, th- I think it's fine. I think like you said, it's it's not that distinguishable from period drama TV box set type thing. So I'm going to give it a five for small screen. Yeah, I'm going to give it a five as well. I can't see myself ever wanting to see it in the cinema, uh, particularly. <laughs> um, engagement score, Jasmine. I'm gonna I'm gonna dock a point here because I can't keep going. Oh, I would just love this, and I accept that everybody is not gonna like this as much as me. So I'll say a four because I I don't know. I feel like people would get to maybe two thirds of the way in and not like bother. Just, just not just give up uh so yeah i'll say a four what point do you think they give up what happens at- probably by the time they're sort of having their little will they won't they at the music the little music concert before mm. the things heat up shall we say i reckon people wouldn't get that far so people wanted to heat it up earlier maybe if you're francis know. lee lee francis you would have got to the, got to the heat stop scenes. Well, they did in God. He went quite early in God's Own Country, if memory serves. He holds it back for yeah, this. Yeah, there was action quite early, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. I mean, you do get penis early on. Oh, hold on. Was the was your man in God's Own Country not Josh O'Connor? Was he the doctor in this? The other one. So uh, his name's Alec. Yeah, that's what I said. Not not Josh yeah. O'Connor, the guy who played Prince Charles in The Crown. Yes, it's the same uh, guy. Ah, I was, I was like, I recognise that guy from somewhere. And, I, you know, I didn't do my IMDb because I like to try and find inspiration. It's just hit me. Yes. I was hoping he'd come back because I, I thought he was really great in it. Paul, engagement score. Uh, two. I, <laughs> I, um. <laughs> what, I can't, I can't see your faces. What's Jasmine done? Because I've, I've got the. <laughs> I rolled my eyes. <laughs> the thing is, the thing that I. I don't know. I I was I was quite bored the first time, uh, and I you know I was like I have to review this. I have to concentrate. And the second time I was like, yeah, I remember what happened. I could turn this off, and I, you know, sad lesbians. Did I, you? I know. No, I did finish it. I, you know the score. <laughs> no, I did finish it only because I didn't want it then clogging up my Netflix. On do you want to continue this? No, I don't. Uh Sure. I hate when that comes up, just reminding me that I keep starting films I don't finish. Yeah, TV series as well. I'll get to you soon, sleepers. <laughs> You're just very long and sad, and I've not got time. Uh, that's. I mean, I've watched that once. <laughs> this is that's a that's a proper like low repeat viewing score. I can't believe people used to buy like that on DVD and like watch it again. Um, Helen, engagement score. Uh, yeah. I mean, t- talking about like the engagement, you you see see penis before you get to any kind of like female action that happens quite on early on so if you're <laughs> like hanging on still after them then you might carry on watching it um 
yeah, it's a bit slow. And yeah, I, th I think it could, yeah, could have had a bit more action a bit sooner. So a three. I'm, I mean, I was quite engaged. I'm going to go for 4.1, uh, the highest of all of you. So one thing I was quite interested about was the, the backstory with Saoirse Ronan's character and her uh, her, her husband, obviously, she she seems to be mourning right from the start, and it comes it becomes a bit more apparent, but maybe not explicitly stated what what happened. And then you have a conversation, which I think was probably the most interesting part was the um, uh, yeah, Kate and Saoirse talking about you know Kate's having Kate's mum family having ten kids and only two surviving. I just thought that was pretty horrific and. That's kind of that's the kind of thrust that kept me going engaged through the storyline. I think more than the the romance and whether she's going to get money for for the Ammonite. But um, yeah, so I was in it. I was in it. I was engaged. Um, so that gives us an overall score of three point five seven five zero zero, which is hey, like it's good. Um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll I take think, that. I think Jasmine's <laughs> plea bargain. Um, did <laughs> help you up a couple of notches, but let's uh, just go. Well, to... I've got it already. Oh, you got it already? Sure. Yeah, so, um, unfortunately, uh, a clear winner with 4.15 God's Own Country. We scored that very highly. Yeah, I think that's fair to be honest. Even I can't plea bargain my way out of that. <laughs> well, fair enough. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, picking Ammonite. And Jasmine, Paul can tell us where we can find you guys online, your Twitter accounts, your, your writing, what your musings, where we can find you online. And we'll say goodbye to the listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me. You can find me at the Jazz Valentine at pretty much everywhere. Jazz with an S. Jazz with an S. And yourself, Paul? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Paul Klein Yo with two O's. Uh, that's Klein with a K. See, I can do naming as well. Um, and then Letterboxd <laughs> and TikTok, I'm Paul Kleinio with one O because I'm inconsistent. Well, <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I've, I mean, I've been waiting to see Amnite for a while. This is my first time watching it, so I'm glad you brought it to the table. Otherwise, it would have taken a while. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flixwasher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production 